Tonight brings us to the close of another semester and another school year. It's crazy. It seems like we just got started in August not that long ago. And I was thinking in my office today as we were getting ready for tonight, one more service before the semester's over, and reflecting on the school year and all the things that we've seen God do over this past year. Can we just take a moment and give God praise for what we've seen Him do this past year? For the lives that we've seen changed and some of you sit in this room tonight as a testimony of a fresh work that God has done in your life of a fresh salvation that he has brought to you and man it just made my heart happy to think about all the things that we have seen God do and we're also at the concluding message of our current series we've been in called Scarred and so as we get started tonight just to get the blood flowing and make sure that we're all paying attention and we're on the same page together I want you to look at your neighbor and I want you to tell them you've got scars but you've got stories too. You've got scars, but you've got stories too. And that's what we've been discovering together over these past few weeks, that our scars tell a story. And they tell a story of pain, like we talked about in week one, but they also tell a story of process when it comes to healing. And then Matt shared with us last week that our scars can also tell a story of peace. And we've been following the storyline of Moses and Joseph, two separate guys that have been scarred in two separate ways, but their stories are similar in a lot of ways. When we first met Moses, remember, he was brought into Pharaoh's house and he was raised by Pharaoh's daughter and he was giving favor amongst the Egyptian people, even though he himself was a Hebrew. And he goes out one day and he sees an Egyptian whipping up on a Hebrew and he decides to take matters in his own hands. And he looks around and he strikes down the Egyptian, he kills him, he buries his body in the sand. He thought he was doing something good at the beginning. What he didn't realize was that he had just caused a wound in his life. And through that pain, Moses had to flee from the place where he was in, and he ran to Midian. And in that process of being in Midian, God began to bring healing into his life, and Moses has kind of settled down, and he started life all over again. Even though this mistake was in his past, it wasn't hindering his future now because God had brought healing in his life. And so when we saw him last week, he's living in this place of peace. He's got a family. Things are going well for Moses now. And then in Joseph's life, his brothers sold him into slavery, right? At first they were going to kill him. They were mad. They were upset because he was the golden boy of the family. They were envious of the relationship that he had with his father Jacob. So they said, let's kill him. But Reuben, his brother, stood up and said, no, let's not kill him. Let's throw him in this pit and we'll just leave him here. So they throw him down in the pit. And then they get a better idea. There's a group of Midianite slave traders coming through. So they say, let's sell them to these people and we can make at least a dollar or two off of them. So they pull the brother up out of the pit. They sell him into slavery. They drag Joseph to Egypt. While he's there, he's hurt. He's in pain because his own family is treated in this way, has sold him into slavery. So now he's got scars all over him from the way that he has been treated. We talked about there's two separate scars that you can, can, can develop in your life. One can be formed from the wounds that you inflict yourself through decisions or choices that you make like Moses did. Other scars can form from wounds that others inflict upon you, like with Joseph and the way he was treated by his family and the things that people say about you and the way they treat you as a person can form wounds, can form scars in your life. And so Joseph, in the process, has, has been experiencing his own healing, and his journey has been a little bit different than Moses's. but God has been bringing healing into Joseph's life. And as we saw last week, God has brought him to a place of peace, He's brought him out of prison. He's brought him out of the pit. And he set him in Pharaoh's court. And now he's like second in command. So Joseph is experiencing all this success, all this prosperity in his life. And things are going good for Joseph all over. 
Again, life has settled down. They've moved on. Things are going well, but the story hasn't ended just yet. Something unexpected is on the way for both Moses and Joseph. So yes, your scars can tell a story of pain. They can tell a story of process. They can even tell a story of peace. But I want you to know tonight they can also tell a story of purpose. And so I want to finish this series by speaking to you from the subject of the purpose behind the scar. Moses has a family now. He's keeping the sheep for his father-in-law in Midian. He's keeping to himself, minding his own business. Life is going good for Moses all over again. It took him a while to deal with some of the crap he went through. Yeah, I made, some, I made some choices. I made some decisions. I did some things that were wrong. I did some things that I'm not proud of, but life has moved on for me. Moses is in that place now where life has moved on. Everything's going okay for him now. Joseph is the same way. He's got a family now. He's been given authority by Pharaoh. Everything that Joseph is doing, he's experiencing success. He's experiencing God's favor in everything that he's doing. So yeah, I've been hurt. Yeah, some people said some things about me. Yeah, some people did some things to me that I couldn't control that left me scarred, but life is moving on. I've got some things going in my favor again. I'm not choosing to dwell on things in the past. I'm moving on with my future. So everything's going good. They've dealt with their pain. They've been through the healing process, and now God has brought them to a peaceful point in their lives. But rarely does God bring us to a place of peace merely for our own self-benefit. There's a purpose in all that has transpired, and there's a story to be told, which is what God is setting up. So if you want to flip over to Exodus chapter 3 with me, we're going to pick up first with Moses' narrative again, and then if you want to hold your spot there and go find Genesis chapter 42, we're going to flip-flop back and forth again tonight as we parallel these two stories of these two different Men that have been scarred and that have been hurt, but that have also been healed and are now living in peace. But now God is about to bring about purpose through their scars. And it may be that God is setting you up to tell the story of your scars. Some of you, all of you, have got scars in this room tonight that you have kept covered and that you have kept buried for way too long. And I think God might be calling you to step out in faith and start sharing some of your scar stories with other people around you. Why? Because there's a purpose in it. And that's what we're going to see tonight. So if you look in Exodus chapter 3, starting in verse 1 with me, it says, Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight while the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here I am. Now skip down to verse 10 with me, real quick. God is still speaking. He says this to Moses He says, Come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Now flip over to Genesis chapter 42 with me, real quick. Let's look at Joseph's story. And get back up to speed on it in verse 1. When Jacob learned that there was grain for sale in Egypt. So what you need to understand in the backstory of this is that famine has now hit the land. And people are being impacted everywhere by it. There's no food that can be found. There's no water that can be found. Jacob is Joseph's father. And so he's sending out Joseph's brothers to try and find food for them so they don't starve and die in the midst of this family. And Jacob catches wind that the land of Egypt has food. 
So he's sending his brothers there to go and collect food and bring it back home so they can have something to eat. And when Jacob learned that there was grain for sale in Egypt, he said to his sons, Why do you look at one another? And he said, Behold, I've heard that there is grain for sale in Egypt. Go down and buy grain for us there that we may live and not die. So ten of Joseph's brothers went down to buy grain in Egypt. But Jacob said not to send Benjamin, Joseph's brother, with his brothers, for he feared that harm might happen to him. Thus the sons of Israel came to buy among the others who came from the famine was in the land of Canaan. Now Joseph was governor over the land. He was the one who sold to all the people of the land, and Joseph's brothers came and bowed themselves before him with their faces to the ground. Those of you that were here for week one, remember that dream that got Joseph in trouble with his brothers to begin with? Funny how all of a sudden that thing's starting to come true in a weird kind of way. So Joseph's brothers have showed back up in the land of Egypt, and they've walked up to their brother, who is second in command to Pharaoh, and they bow down to him, and they don't even know that it's him. They don't even know that it's him. Well, back to Moses real quick. I want to get ahead of myself. Moses is just out in the fields enjoying another day of what has become normal life for him. When he takes notice of this bush that's on fire, but it's not burning. Listen to me. If God's lining things up for you to share your story of your scar, let me tell you, number one, don't ignore the signs. Don't ignore the signs because God will give them to you. If he's positioning things in your life to get you ready, to get you seasoned, to get you prepped, to share the story that was caused behind your scar, then he's going to give you some signs. Just make sure that you don't ignore them. So Moses is out just another day in the field keeping the sheep. He looks over. There's this bush that's on fire, but it's not being burned. I would call that a sign. So Moses is intrigued, naturally. Most of you guys would be intrigued because there's this innate thing inside of human beings where we are just naturally intrigued by things that burn. And so anytime there's fire, how many of y'all are like that? How many pyros we got in the room? You're just fascinated by fire. Okay, you know, this is like mankind's history all throughout the generations. You know, like the first fire that was built, you see the picture of the caveman, and they finally get a fire going, they're like, whoa. They're just fascinated by it. So that inner caveman in us is just like every time we see fire, we're like, whoa. And so Moses sees this bush burning. He's like, whoa. Wait a second. It's not burning. That's odd. Stuff that's on fire is supposed to burn. So he walks over. And then God begins to speak to him from the bush, telling him, Moses, I have surely seen the affliction of my people. Can I encourage each and every one of you tonight that are men and women of God? He sees your afflictions. You might be going through a hard time and you think nobody is in your corner. Nobody can understand what I'm going through. Nobody cares what I'm going through. God cares. God sees your afflictions. He said, I have seen the affliction of my people, and on top of that, I have heard their cries. So not only does he see what you're going through, he hears you when you cry out to him in the midst of it. He says, I have seen the affliction, I've heard the cries of my people who are in bondage to the Egyptians. And now, Moses, I'm going to send you back to Egypt to liberate them. In Joseph's life, the same thing is happening, just in a little different way. He's got his own sign that has showed up in the form of his brothers. He's just living another normal day of life. Everything's going good in the kingdom of Egypt. He's second in command. All that he's doing is prospering. He's experiencing success. God is blessing his household. He's got a family. He's got his wife. He's got his kids. Everything's going back in favor for Joseph. And he's thinking it's probably about time 
because I've endured my share of suffering in this life. It's about time I had some things go in my favor. So he's out on a normal day and he's storing up grain because there's an abundance there. And he turns around and who does he see but his skunkhead brothers walking up and sold him into slavery. Talking about messing up a good day in a hurry. But it's a sign. All of a sudden his brothers show up. What a coincidence, right? His brothers just happen to show up. What a coincidence. There are no coincidences in the life of a believer. There's just divine intervention that God brings about. And so his brothers show up. And can I just give you all some stats on this a little bit? It's been 40 years since Moses ran away from Egypt. It's been 20 years since Joseph last saw his brothers. I would say that God's brought a sign back into their lives that the story of their scars isn't over yet. And for some of us here tonight, God may be doing the same thing in your life. He's given you some signs that the story of your scar is not over yet. Why? Because there's a reason you can't get that thing off of your heart you've been trying to forget for so long. There's a reason that that person of all people has all of a sudden shown back up in your life. There's a reason somebody has mentioned the same pain of a same struggle that you've been through. Don't ignore the signs is what I'm trying to tell you. Some of you have been hurt in some bad ways. You've got some self-inflicted wounds. You made some dumb choices. You made some dumb decisions, and they scarred you. Some of you have been hurt by other people that have said things about you or that have done things to you that were beyond your control, and you've been scarred by that. And then all of a sudden, you find yourself in the midst of a conversation with somebody who's talking about the same pain of a same struggle that you've been through that you've never told anybody about. Hello? Do you think God's trying to show you something? Here's somebody that needs help. Here's somebody that needs the same healing that you've experienced in God. Because they're going through the same pain and the same struggle that you've been through. But maybe you're just missing the signs. Maybe it's not that you're missing the signs. Maybe it's that you just don't want to see the signs. Maybe you do see them, but you don't want to act on them. But the story continues for Moses and for Joseph. And if God is going to line things up for you to share the story behind your scar, you can't ignore the signs. But when you realize that it's happening, you realize that this might become a reality. This might be something that God wants me to do to share my story. Then you're going to have to fight your fears and your feelings. Go back to Exodus with me. We're going to pick back up on the encounter Moses is having right now at the burning bush with the God Almighty who is calling him to go back to the place of Egypt. Look at verse 11 with me. Moses responds to God. It says, But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Now skip down to chapter 4, verse 1. God gives a response, but we're going to skip over that. And after God gives a response... Moses gives a a second rebuttal. Then Moses answered, But behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, The Lord did not appear to you. So Moses makes another excuse. Skip on down to verse 10. God gives a response to Moses' rebuttal. And then Moses gives another rebuttal to God's response. But Moses said to the Lord, O my Lord, I'm not eloquent either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I'm slow of speech and of tongue. So Moses makes another excuse. And God gives a, 
a rebuttal to Moses' response. And after God gives a response, Moses gives another rebuttal. Look back in verse 13, skip on down. Moses speaks back to God and he says, But he said, Oh my Lord, please send someone else. So when Moses begins to realize what God is wanting him to do, he begins to make excuses. You ever tried to make excuses for why you couldn't do what God was calling you to do? Moses begins to make excuses, but you know, in reality, he's, he's really filled with fear at the thought of going back to the place that brought him pain. I mean, sure, he thought he was inadequate to do the job. Who am I that I should go back? Sure, he thought he didn't have the giftedness to do what God was calling him to do. God, I, I can't, I, 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 I got, I got a, a little bit of a, it's a I get nervous and I, I can't, I can't get my point. I'm not, I can't, I'm not a good, I'm not a good speaker. God, I can't do this. I can't, who, how can I be a leader and not be eloquent in speech? I can't even get my point across. Sure, he thought he didn't have the giftedness. But I'm telling you guys, his real fear was having to face once again the place that left him scarred. How would people react when they saw him? What would they say about him? There's no way that they would submit and follow the leadership of a murderer. I guarantee that's all the things that are going through Moses' mind right now. And we fight with God about telling the story of our scars because we're afraid of it. Right? What might happen? God, don't make me go back to that place where I got hurt. Don't make me go back to that place where I experienced that pain that left me scarred. What will they say if they find out I had premarital sex? What will people think about me if I share about my past drug or alcohol or porn addiction? No one wants to listen to someone who's wrestled with depression and got to a place where they literally almost took their own life. Nobody's going to want to listen to that. They're going to think I'm a freak. They're going to think I'm some kind of weirdo that I got something wrong with me. And I don't know how. I don't know how we got to this place where the judgment of man carries more weight in our lives than the justification of God. How do we get there? How do we get to this place where the judgment of man, what will they say? What will they think? What might happen? Carries more weight in our lives than the justification of God. You've been forgiven. You've been cleansed. You've been pardoned. You have grace. You have mercy. You have a new identity. How did judgments of men around us gain more weight than God's justice in our lives? And so we wrestle with God and we go back and forth that I don't want to tell my story because of what people might think what people might say or how they might perceive me or how they might judge me. Who cares how they judge you? God in His justice through the righteousness of Jesus has cleansed you. We've got to move past being scared of the judgment of people around us and fully receive the justice of God's grace in our lives that has pardoned us. For Joseph, it wasn't fear. Because it's funny, when it's self-inflicted wounds, we're always worried about what people are going to think of us if we share the things that we did, the choices that we made, the decisions that we made, the shameful things that we did. But that wasn't the case with Joseph, so he wasn't having to battle his fear. He was having to battle his feelings. Because when other people hurt you, it's not that you're afraid of them that causes you to not share the scar that they caused in your life. It's those feelings that you have towards those people that you don't want to revisit. 
Genesis chapter 42. We're going to skip around some verses here. And you guys bear with me because Joseph's a tough one, man. We got a lot of details in Joseph's life in Scripture. So really what we're going to do tonight is we're going to condense in a summary about eight chapters in Genesis. So I'm going to do my best to help you guys walk through the story and get the whole picture. Genesis chapter 42, verses 7 and 9. So remember, Joseph's brothers have just shown back up on the scene. And they haven't recognized him. Verse 7 says, Joseph saw his brothers and recognized them, but he treated them like strangers and spoke roughly to them. Where do you come from? He said, so Joseph's putting a bluff on his brothers right now. Because he's got those feelings of harshness against them, I promise you. He hasn't forgot. He might have been healed, but he hasn't forgotten. And they said, from the land of Canaan to buy food. And Joseph recognized his brothers, but they did not recognize him. And Joseph remembered the dreams that he had dreamed of them. And he said to them, you're spies. You've come to see the nakedness of the land. Now we're going to skip down to verse 17. And what happens in between there is Joseph's going to, he's going to end up putting them in prison. So he's going to accuse them of being spies. Verse 17 says, and he put them all together in custody for three days. So Joseph accuses his brothers of being spies. He locks them up. He throws them in the prison. And we're going to skip down to verse 23. While they're in prison, they're having a discussion about what's all taking place. And Joseph's kind of eavesdropping a little bit. And he hears what his brothers are saying. They're talking back and forth. And they're like, man, Reuben's like, I told y'all we were going to get in trouble for this. I told y'all this would catch up with us one day if we did this to our brother. And so Joseph's listening in on a conversation. Verse 23 says, They did not know that Joseph understood them, for there was an interpreter between them. And when Joseph heard this, says that he turned away from them and wept. And he returned to them and spoke to them, and he took Simeon from them and bound them before their eyes. And so Joseph said, Here, I'll make a deal with you. So to prove that you guys aren't spies, I'm going to keep Simeon. He's going to stay in custody with me. And you guys say that you have a younger brother back home. In order to prove that you're not spies, I need you to go back home and get him and bring him back with you later on. But in the meantime, as collateral, I'm going to keep Simeon with me. What I want you to focus in on is the fact that Joseph wept when he heard his brothers talking. He's weeping. He's crying. And so his brothers go home and they tell Jacob about what has happened. And they tell him, we've got to take Benjamin back with us. And Jacob doesn't like that idea, but it's got to happen. Anyway, so jump over to Genesis chapter 43, verses 26 through 31. His brothers come back and they've got Benjamin with them this time. And I was, they're on their way back. People tell Joseph, hey, your brother's on the way back. He says, good, let's prepare a meal. I want them to come to my house and we'll have a dinner together. We pick up in verse 26. And when Joseph came home, they brought him to the house to him, the present that they had with him, and bowed down to him to the ground. And he inquired about their welfare and said, is your father well, the old man of whom you spoke? Is he still alive? And they said, your servant, our father, is well. He is still alive. And they bowed their heads and prostrated themselves. And he lifted up his eyes and saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son, and said, Is this your youngest brother for whom you spoke to me? God be gracious to you, my son. Then Joseph hurried out, for his compassion grew warm for his brother, and he sought a place to weep. He's crying again. And he entered his chamber and wept there. And then he washed his face and came out, and controlling himself, he said, Serve the food. Imagine the flood of emotion that Joseph has experienced over this time frame of a few days that we have just covered. His brothers have shown back up. They don't recognize him, but Joseph recognizes them because I promise you, you don't ever forget the faces of the people who hurt you. 
And Joseph recognizes them, and he, and he begins to, to mess around with them a little bit. He says, you guys are spies. You come here to spy out our land. And he throws them in prison. He cuts a deal with them. says, I'll let you go back if you go and bring back this younger brother that you claim to have, and then I'll set you free. So they go back, and they get their brother. They're coming back to him. He prepares a meal. says, let him come into my house. We're going to sit down. We're going to have a meal together, and we're going to talk about some business. And so they come back, and they've got Benjamin with them, and Joseph's already cried once at the sight of his brothers. And now Benjamin comes back and he breaks down and he weeps again. And what I want you to see in the midst of all this, the anger, the resentment, the bitterness that welled up within Joseph as he saw these people who had caused him so much pain, it was difficult for him. It was a hard thing for him to look the people in the face that had caused him so much pain. And time and time again he had to withdraw so he could go and weep. He didn't even want to tell his brothers that it was him. Yeah, God had brought healing into his life. Yeah, God had brought him to a place of peace. But it still hurts to see the people that caused you pain and left you scarred. And that's why I say if God's setting you up to tell the story of your scars, you're going to have to fight some fears. You're going to have to fight some feelings that are going to come back up. And that's what so often keeps us from telling our stories because it is bitterly hard to relive those moments that we've been hurt in. And it was no less for Joseph. And so I want you to be aware, and I want you to be warned, and I want you to be prepared for the fact that if God is setting you up to tell your story, man, it's not going to be easy to do. It's not going to be easy to come out and talk about the bad decisions that you made that left you scarred. It's not going to be easy to come back and face the people that have hurt you or to talk about the things that they did to you, to other people around you, because it's hard to relive those moments that caused you such deep, acute pain in your life. And so Moses and Joseph are battling, but God's showing them that there's a purpose in place. And the reason why God has brought them to this point is so that they can set free other people around them. And that's the purpose behind your scar, is that so you can have the opportunity to set free other people around you. Go back and look at Exodus chapter 4. Verse 18 with me. Moses has gone round and round with God about going back to Egypt. Finally, Moses went to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said to him, Please let me go back to my brothers in Egypt to see whether they are still alive. And Jethro said to Moses, Go in peace. So Moses finally decides to be obedient and to return back to Egypt. At this time, God planned to use what scarred Moses to help save others. God used what scarred Moses to help save others. And so you can relate in that way. God can use what has scarred you to help save others. I'm sorry that you made that mistake sexually. I'm sorry that you dealt with that addiction for so long. I'm sorry that you got so low you wanted to kill yourself at one time. But when you realize that there's a purpose behind your scar, you can look at that person who is sharing those pains, who is sharing those struggles, and you can say, I've been in that same place of pain. I bear those same scars. But God is faithful. And he opens up a door of opportunity for you to speak healing and peace and encouragement and support into somebody else's life that has now been hurt and scarred in the same way in which you have. Listen to me. The fact that you're scarred speaks to the fact that you're healed. 
Scars show healing. It's not an open wound anymore. It's been closed up. It's been repaired. And yeah, you might can still see the remnants of it. But it has no chance of infection now. It's been cleaned up. It's been taken care of. It's been mended. It's been healed. And so somebody begins to share a struggle. Somebody begins to share a pain with you. And you say, hey, I hated that I had to go through that. I hated I made those decisions. I hated that I made those choices. I hated that I scarred myself in such a way. And I'm sorry that you went through that too. But can I tell you, God brought healing in my life. Can I tell you, God brought grace into my life. Can I tell you, God brought mercy into my life. And if He's done it for me, He will do it for you as well. And you can be set free from the scars of of your past. Genesis chapter 45, verses 1 through 11. Go back to Joseph's life real quick. He's at this place. He's sitting down there having a meal with his brothers, and he's taking about as much as he can at this point. And finally, Joseph has a breakdown. Chapter 45, verse 1 says, Then Joseph could not control himself before all those who stood by him. He cried, making everyone go out from me. So we no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers and he wept aloud so that the Egyptians heard it and the household of Pharaoh heard it. So Joseph is weeping so loud, everybody outside can hear what's going on. And Joseph said to his brothers, I'm Joseph! Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him for they were dismayed at his presence. Imagine the shock on their face like, what? Joseph. So Joseph said to his brothers, come near to me, please. And they came near, and he said, I'm your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life, to set you free, to bring salvation. For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there are yet five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you and many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. That's seeing the purpose behind your scars. I can't help it that people hurt me. I can't control the things that people have said to me or have done to me. But what I can realize is that God had a purpose in that taking place. And you might have thought you sold me into slavery, but God had a divine purpose to bring me here. What you meant for slavery, God set up for salvation. Isn't it funny how he does stuff like that? The enemy might mean to set you up for slavery, but God can use it to set you up for salvation. He has made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all his house and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Hurry and go up to my father and say to him, Thus says your son Joseph, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Do not tarry. You shall dwell in the land of Goshen, and you shall be near to me, you and your children and your children's children and your flocks, your herds, and all that you have. There I will provide for you, for there are yet five years of famine to come, so that you and your household and all that you have do not come to poverty. Joseph realized that like Moses, what had scarred him had led to the salvation of others. So I'm sorry that you were abused by somebody. I'm sorry that you were abused by somebody that you might have trusted in very deeply. I'm sorry that you had to go through that physically, emotionally, mentally, and it left you scarred. I'm sorry that you had to go through that. I'm sorry that those lies and rumors were spread about you that weren't true at all, but they still damaged your image. I'm sorry that you had to go through those things. But I've been in that same place of pain. I bear those same scars. And I can tell you that God is still faithful even in the midst of that. 
So what an opportunity for the purpose of your scars to be shown. When you hear somebody sharing a pain, sharing a struggle of how they've been abused, of how they've been mistreated, of how they've been lied about, and the same thing has happened in your life. And it's an opportunity for you to uncover your skull with that person and say, hey, you see that right there? That same thing happened to me. But my God is a healer. And my God is faithful. And He brought me through that time, and He can bring you through that time as well you can have the opportunity to set other people free by telling the story of your scars. But there's one last thing to finish up with. One last thing. And I think it's one of the most beautiful things that I can share with you guys throughout the entirety of this series. Go back to Exodus chapter 4 with me real quick. Moses is going back to Egypt. He's told his father-in-law, hey, I need to go back. He says, fine, go. And look at verse 19. And the Lord said to Moses in Midian, Go back to Egypt, for all the men who were seeking your life are dead. Now look at Joseph's final story, Genesis chapter 50, verses 19 through 21. After all is said and done, Joseph says this to his brothers, Do not fear, for am I in the place of God? They're scared to death that he's going to take vengeance on them. As for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. So it's not just that God will bring you to a place to share the story of your scar just so others can be set free. But it's so that you can also be free. It's not just for them. For you to share your story it's not just for them. It's also for your freedom. Moses was scared to death to go back to the place of Egypt. Why? Because he knew those people were still there. He knew those people were around, or he thought he knew. Those people knew what he had done, the decisions that he made, the choices that he had made. And he was afraid of what they would say, how they would act, what they would do. And the whole time he was worried about something that was no longer in existence. God said, go back to that place, Moses. Those people that know what you did, those people that were seeking to kill you for what you did, they're not even there anymore. I've already taken care of that. Those things that are in your past that would stand to condemn you, I've already wiped clean. How freeing do you think that was to Moses? To know the thing that he was scared of going back and facing was no longer there anymore. And it's funny, right? Why wouldn't God lead with that? You think it would probably help Moses' confidence at the beginning to know? Why didn't God lead with that? God wants to see you move in your faith even when it's uncomfortable. And then for Joseph, he says, man, I've been hurt by you. I've been abandoned by you. You guys have treated me like I wasn't even one of your own. You meant it for evil. God turned it into something good. And some of you guys, you got scars from people that have done awful things to you. You've been hurt by things people have said about you. Look at Joseph. You think God in his faithfulness can't do the same for you? Hey, you meant it for evil. But my God turned it into something good. You know how freeing that will be for you? 
to get to that place where you can identify with the scars that other people have left upon your life and say, you know what? Yeah, it sucked at the time. It really hurt. It caused me a lot of pain. It caused me a lot of sleepless nights. It caused me to lay awake and cry. It caused me to think that I was broken, that I did something wrong. But God has brought me through a place of healing. He has brought me into a place of peace and now I can look back on my life and I can see His sovereignty at work and you might have meant it for evil against me, but God turned it into something good for me. And as you begin to share your story of how God has brought you to this place and has shown you your purpose behind your scar, it will set you free from so many things you have experienced in your past.